I think you actually analyze the game better when you actually never watched the series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Stir Fry Light of Fly podcast. This is James, Lakers fan. Hi, this is Cyrus. I still hate the Rosen, even though Spurs is not in the payoff. Hey, and this is Will. I'm glad that uh, Russell Westbrook lo- lost another game today, and I'm so excited about. So, okay, so let's talk about that. Uh, we are reacting to the Rockets-Lakers Game 3. Uh, the game just finished with the Lakers pulling off a 112-102 to victory uh, over the Rockets. So, guys, here's the question. Um, who lost the Rockets the game? Will, say something. See, I don't think Harden played particularly well. Oh, um, it's not a Russell Westbrook bashing episode. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not done because you're interrupting me, but that's okay. Um, we kind of talked about this before the recording. Um, I think that Harden didn't play a particularly well game, but watching just the second half of the game, you know, if Russ, uh, if if James is not playing well, Russ needs to take over. But, and he did. He tried. So there were a lot of moments there where you're like bashing. Your, you're like, if you're a James Harden fan, you're like, what is going on? Because he was very passive. He wasn't demanding the ball. He had a couple of turnovers where he didn't even bother chasing after the ball. And then the Lakers ended up getting the ball and scoring a bucket off of the next possession. Um, and then overall, like he was deferring to the other players on his team. Like there was a sequence where he had like, basically passed to Eric, Eric Gordon like a couple of times, hoping that Eric Gordon kind of goes for the shot, right? And this whole like passive James Harden thing for a guy who's at his level, who is a superstar level, right? Like it's just not going to fly. Uh, my take on tonight's game, yes. Uh, James Harden did not uh, play aggressively at the end and Westbrook did make some stupid move, but uh, I have to point out that uh, Eric Gordon had a really tough night tonight too, right? He hasn't shot really well uh, on the previous two games. Like, he had uh, pretty good shooting, but tonight his field goal percentage is not that good. That's true. So Harden actually had a good game from quarters one to three. It was just the fourth quarter where when he's a superstar, you just want him to want the ball more. Yeah, I think Gordon didn't play well because uh, both the both Westbrook and Harden are deferring to him, and I think he was tasked with ball handling too much, and he's not geared for that. He, I mean, he's good, but he's not geared for you know being the good shooter and being the playmaker at the same time. And you know, given that he does have um, tough defensive tasks too. And, yeah, he's guarding LeBron. And I have to point out one stat for uh, Houston Rocket. Tonight they only shoot thirty three point only, yeah, which is like com- uh, relatively lower than the first two game one and game two, right? That's a really good point. So, if you're thinking back to how the game was played, do you think that was because they just couldn't do their typical drive and dish game? Because that's how they get their open threes, right? They were doing that in the first two quarters, actually, and I think the third, um, the second half the whole team kind of collapsed because there's no more move, uh, ball movement. Harden really wasn't going in and Russ was going in but not really passing the ball. Mm-hmm. So when you have um, the main ball handler going into the paint but not kicking it out but forcing the issue, that's not Houston's way of playing basketball. 
So do you think that this is a referendum on the Rockets micro ball lineup or strategy? Because think about it, right? So they got out rebounded by a lot, a significant margin, 13 rebounds, right overall. And they shot 40% from three points. Granted, they took only 30 as opposed to like something in the 50s, but they shot 40%. So like, that's good percentage. And they're giving up the board. So what do you guys think? Like, is this just time for Maury, the Rockets to give up on like, hey, this whole like threes or layup strategy is just not going to work? I think statistically, like this three point and layups strategy, it works, but uh, realistically, it never works because there's uh, so many chances that like Harden, Westbrook, or Eric Gordon, they have the ball, they in they have wide open mid range chances, they still trying to get back to the three point and shoot the three. Uh, sometimes I think that you miss the chance to score this two point yeah. and make you lose the game. So so here is kind of a, a testament to why that strategy, like they need to be more flexible with it, right? right. So think of how they won game seven against the Thunder. The yeah. last bucket was uh, actually a PJ Tucker floater, right? Right. So you need some flexibility. Exactly. You need some kind of in-between game. Right. Um, especially when, you know, they're locking down on the threes and paint points, right? You need something to happen. I mean, in my opinion, I think the, the Rockets have set out to do what they want to do, and nothing is going to change that. If they lose another two games, then they're gone, right? I think I'm pretty sure the coach is not coming back, mm-hmm. and I'm hundred percent sure Daryl Morey is gone. And one more important fact is, you have James Harden. You're not going to trade him unless he asks for a trade, and he's passive like that. When they're behind, you know, he he won't ask for the ball like Dame or Luca or LeBron James would do to an extent. LeBron James, right? So, and you have Russ, and his contract can't be traded. So what exactly can you change system-wise? You can. You have system in place that sometimes doesn't work when you're behind. And more importantly, when your team is behind, your players, your main players, are not the go-getter type. Then you're, you're stuck at no man's land at that point. So it's either you win by a lot and hopefully you know you keep the ride going. Or if you're down by 8, 10, um, uh, with 5 minutes to go. The only thing you can hope for is the other team keeps keep missing. Mm-hmm. So before we move on, let's talk Russell Westbrook. <laughs> because I think we all have maybe different opinions on his game. So just for the audience, the stat line is Russ ended up with 30 points on over 50% shooting uh, from the field and from three points. Two for two free throws, eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, one block, three turnovers. He was a minus 14. So on like when you're watching the game, I actually thought that like this was not a bad Russ game. It's not the greatest Russ game, but I think that with this kind of Russ performance, Houston should have won. I think at this point, you have set the bar for Westbrook to be quite low just because not a bad game is not good enough. So the the I think the reason for that is like, okay, so coming into the series, like honestly, the X factor for the series for the Rockets is Russ. For both teams. For bo- <laughs> yeah, for both teams. Because like, if you think about what Russ is capable of, 
if he if he minimizes his three point shooting, if he gets in the paint, if he creates what Russ is really good at is he creates chaos, right? He creates more variance because of how he plays. His gambling on defense, his his speed, his burst of speed in transition and in the half court, like all of that sort of stuff. So like I think that Russ raises their ceiling, he also drops their floor. Um to answer you this question, James, regarding on Westbrook, I like him. I like his mentality. I like his aggressiveness. But, but you know, when you watch the game, like you know, like when you check the box score, like he get like thirty point eight assists, uh, eight rebounds, six assists, is almost triple double. That's all he he does all he does that all the time. But when you watch the game, he always makes some stupid move, like stupid pass, stupid shot that you know, like totally you know ruin the game so i actually didn't think that he lost them this game in the fourth like i thought that there were a couple of times where he drove in ad was guarding him and he didn't shoot he didn't force the issue he passed it back out i thought that that was the right thing to do there were a couple of threes where he was like i was like no 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 no, no, don't shoot those but outside of that like i thought that this was a pretty controlled russ game and i think that's what you want from russ i think the reason they lost this was because harden didn't take over yeah, I mean, like I said, you, you, I think over the years you have set the bar quite low for Westbrook to um, to perform. I mean, you're you're blabbing on about his stat, and you know he didn't play a bad game. But why don't you talk about how Harden scored thirty three point nine rebound and nine assists, but then somehow he lost the game for the team. Well, I think it's because, and I know like their salaries are different. I know that Russ is getting paid more, but this is Harden's team, right? Everybody knows that the Rockets will only go in as far as Harden will take them. It's not, and this has been the concern with Harden the whole, like his whole playoff career, right? Last year against Golden State, he shrunk when KD went out, got injured in that Golden State game. Like it's a Harden thing. It's his team. For him to not demand the ball and not try and take over, like that's an issue. Uh, What did you say before? You'd rather have 10 Rondo than one Westbrook, right? Yeah, I, w- I was talking to you about, hey, would you rather have this guy or this guy, like Jay Crowder or or, uh, or, or Damar? So I don't know the whole salary cap situation, but if you want to pull it up, the top 20, let's just say 30. I'll give you 30. Top 30 guys who's getting paid this year, the top 30. I'll pick any guys over Westbrook. So DeMar DeRozan is making 20, oh, man, $26.5 And Russ is making $38.5 million. That's a big difference. So you're right. I mean, you have a point. Like, the expectations should be higher for Russ, right? Um, Okay, I'm just going to leave it at that and take the beating. Um, Because I agree. Because, like, he should have been more impactful. But also, like, I still feel like it's a hardened thing. Oh, uh, I I just have one, one last thing to add. Um, James, I think on Twitter or IG you posted the. Uh, I know it's a while back now. The OKC versus the Rockets game. Yeah. You refer it. We. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been me. It might have been me. I mean, you can. You, you could have tagged yourself. On that. <laughs> we was, was, was really. I I think. It doesn't justify the situation. <laughs> we all, I may have like slash J or something. We'll see. I don't know. Um, okay. So let's talk Heat Bucks. Um, the Bucks are out of the playoffs. They lost to Miami 4 1. 
today's game was 103.94. The Heat beat a Giannis-less Milwaukee Bucks. So before we talk about this series, so before the series, which team you guys take? Uh, I picked the Bucks. Will? I picked the Bucks. What did I pick? You picked the Heat, All right. but you, you haven't actually seen a Heat game. Because I knew that they would win. Okay, so he- here's the thing. These Milwaukee Bucks are not the Milwaukee Bucks we saw before. What's the difference? The difference is two things. Middleton and Bledsoe. And coaching. But like Middleton and Bledsoe. So Middleton was better today and in game four. But like he's not a very good like from what we've seen, like Isn't he's he not a good pressure. Like that? That's the issue because they need like a closer. And for whatever reason, Giannis can't be your closer. Giannis is Pippin, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we just Jefferson say, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and Bledsoe is just like shooting blanks out there. Yeah, but Bledsoe does that every single year. And that's the yeah. issue, right? Like, I think the regular season gets them so hyped up. And then all of a sudden in the playoffs, they fall. Because this is not acceptable if you're Milwaukee, right? Like, you are one of the historically great teams from an offensive and a defensive standpoint. Best rec- record overall. MVP, probably. And defensive player of the year. I think before the series start, like we actually had a pod talking about this game. Yeah. I say the Miami Heat can beat Milwaukee Bucks because of their three point shooting. And yeah. I'm actually white. Uh, oh, look at I, Cyrus. I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I have noticed though? Um, so we were talking about how Toronto and the Boston series is going to go, and especially game six. And, you know, you had um, Raptors and I have Boston. Um, I think you actually analyzed the game better when you actually never watched the series. <laughs> <laughs> just, just because I don't think you have watched the Boston Raptors series so far. I watched a little bit. So I think your prediction might be right. Yeah, so Toronto will win tomorrow. Yeah, so once you watch the game, you start having your biased opinion. And then my, <laughs> you watch two minutes and then of the game. My, my take on Boston and Miami series is Boston in seven. You think Boston? Okay. Boston is okay. Based on watching none of the games. Yes. Oh, okay. well, I, I watch a little bit. Yeah. But, but back to the Miami and uh, Milwaukee series because uh, two guys that I have to like really point it out Tyler Hero. Oh my God, this kid. So he all he's so clutch and he shot so many dagger on, on Milwaukee Bucks in I think game three and two days game. I really like this kid. Yeah, so the thing is, Miami has a lot of three-point shooters, a lot of good three-point shooters, yep. right? So Drajic, uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Um, Jay they, Crowder. Yeah, and Crowder's shooting Crowder. like over 40%, right? Yes. So they are basically built against Milwaukee's system, which is locking in the paint. Jay Crowder over us. <laughs> Keep going, James. <laughs> so, so, okay. So the question then is, now that they're out, what should Giannis do? So I guess on or what should on, Milwaukee do? I guess L- like let's talk about the organization. Uh, okay, I think in in Milwaukee's point of view, they need to find a way to keep Giannis because he's one of the generation talent, right? But so they- okay, okay, let me let me ask a follow up then. So if he, I agree, he's a generational talent. I agree they should keep him, but the issue is he hasn't shown that he's very capable in the clutch yet, right? But that's okay. I think. I think. Obviously, if um, if Giannis wants to sign, you do everything 
you, you can as an organization to shape the team. The, the catch is, what if Yanis tells you, I want to see what happened next year before I put pen on paper? And what do you do as an organization? Do you, do, you, do you pull a Cleveland and do exactly what he says and it doesn't work out and he leaves the organization and you're back to square one? So I would say like the best case. So what should happen is if Giannis doesn't sign that extension, which they are going to offer him this summer. Right. So Milwaukee should start thinking about trades. Trade because away. That, trade him away for like in the middle of the season. Will you do a sign and trade? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the idea is that the other team who's going to get Giannis gets the long-term security, but I get whatever I want. Ideally, draft picks plus a good, solid young player. Or trade away Middleton. So I think it comes to... So my scenarios only come into play if Giannis doesn't re-sign the extension, right? I don't know, because didn't they just re-sign Middleton? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so like... It's like for another four or five years, four years. But yeah. obviously, uh, Middleton cannot be the Pippen or Kobe. I wouldn't go as far as obviously. He's I don't, still young. I don't think it's Middleton. He's, he's young. He's like 26. In the hierarchy of blame, it's not Middleton, it's Bledsoe. So okay. I would rather figure out a way to get rid of Bledsoe. So I have heard a lot of podcasters say that, hey, if you swap out Bledsoe for uh, the guy Bro- on Indiana. Or, right? Bro- or, or maybe just Brogdon. Brogdon. Yeah. Exactly. For Brogdon, yep. then Milwaukee might have evened up the series. They might have even been advanced already because all of a sudden you have that perimeter, clutch, high percentage, doesn't shrink in the moment kind of guy. I was just telling Cyrus that um, the podcast I have listened to that the, the minute they let Brogdon go, it was the beginning of the end yeah. for, for Milwaukee. Yeah. I actually agree with that. Yeah. And it wasn't that much more money that they paid Bledsoe. You know, obviously we don't know the inside story about uh, Brogdon. Maybe he wanted to go, but it doesn't feel like that he wanted it. Yeah, I think it was just a money thing. Like Indiana right. just gave him more money, right? Right. Okay, so let's go back to the question. So if you're Milwaukee, what do you do? Do you fire your coach? Do you fire your GM? Do you uh, if you need to escape go, like obviously like uh you go on the coach first. Okay. But the question is like who can be a better coach next? Right? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did fire Boonhoser, right? Just because, like, he has a track record, even from way back in Atlanta, where he's not very flexible in how he game plans. He's not like Nick Nurse, who just like is super creative with right. all his scheming, right? Um, and the big issue is he's not playing Giannis and Middleton in them a lot of minutes, right? Yeah. It's the playoffs. You need to play your stars. Yeah, I, th- I think Giannis is right at thirty six or yeah. something. Which is not cool. Which makes no sense when no. When, when it comes to a close game. Yeah. Right. You you might not need that bucket. You you definitely need that stop. But then I think he put a clamp on that minute restriction way too much yeah. on, on the playoff. That's why I don't think Budenhoser really had a lot of playoff success. By himself. By well, well as a coach. Yeah. And remember, this guy's your defensive player of the year. Like you want him out there on the floor as much as possible. Right. True. Um, okay, so what about the GM? Would you change the GM? So based on the roster he's built right now, we can see that it's not going to get to the finals. It's not going to be a championship-level roster. So for me, as an organization, if I was the owner or the GM, uh, assuming I'm GM and, and, and uh, the owner is not firing me, what I would do is obviously talk to Yanis, and um, he's going to give you some 
generic yeah, yeah very answer. generic answer because he doesn't know what your direction is so if he doesn't give me the answer that i want i would actually give him the benefit of the doubt write it until the next trade deadline so you would try and pull like a what's a big name that was traded at the deadline because of contract stuff i can't even remember there yeah, because be. NBA yeah. is harder, especially with the salary cap. Before yeah. trade deadline, I what, what I can think of is Paul Gasol, like ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, because yeah. most teams are are close to close to the salary cap, so trade deadline might be tough. Uh, but it might I, even be the case where, like, if he doesn't sign the extension this off season, like they just trade him at the start of the season, and the other team taking him considers him a one year rental, right? Like yeah. Kawhi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, it worked, right? It works, right? Yeah. Yeah, but Giannis is not Kawhi. Giannis is not Kawhi, but, but the uh, East is not the West. Well, you know, I, you know, so many teams would, would would take this chance after Kawhi's success. Hey, like if you're Dallas, when you like give up KP to get Giannis for right sure. Now? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think any team will give up. You know, any most teams would. Right? Yeah, not probably not the Lakers or the Clippers, so but you, like just most like teams Golden would. State, you do, you won't give up Curry for him, but you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I'll definitely take a, give up Wiggins, my my Draymond first round Green, second pick, yeah. and Draymond Green for him, right? right. Um, do you guys think Butler is better than Middleton? For sure, James Butler is better than Middleton. Okay. I think Butler is better than Middleton. Okay. Um, all right. So real quick, um, Billy Donovan was mutually parted ways with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So he was a runner up for head coach of the year. Um, was that a good move? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he was the players voted coach of the year co-winner. Mm-hmm. I think right now, if um, the direction that they are going is not to win, there's Rebuild. no point of keeping Donovan. Like, I don't like Donovan, but, you know, he proved that with Chris Paul and everybody, this team, they can win. So... I don't know why they fired the coach. Uh, or, or so you're not. taking it as they fired him? I think right? it as, yeah, because okay. I'm pretty sure if they offer him a contract, Donovan would have signed. Mm-hmm. But then I think they are going on a different direction. I don't think Donovan at this point in his career, he wants to go on a full rebuild. Mm-hmm. I think I think deep in his mind, he thinks that he proved that he can lead a underdog team to, 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 to be above average. Or better than expectation. So I think that he is gearing up for a better uh, coaching job, higher paying job, or, or what have you. Or maybe, you know, OKC wasn't paying, uh, wasn't offering something that he wanted to accept. So if I'm Sam Presti, I think that that's a good move, right? Only because, like, not necessarily, like, credit to Billy Donovan for the team and how they performed this season. That was great. But in Game 7, he had a lot of questionable decisions in the clutch, True. right? It was things like leaving Steven Adams out there, right. right? Like, you're a coach. You need to score. You need perimeter guys, right? There were a couple of things where you're just like, okay, we need to get past the first round, and he hasn't done that. But I don't think that makes any sense. You don't, you don't not renew the coach or fire the coach over one game or one play just because I have been telling both of you that Billy Donovan should have been fired, just like Brett Brown should have been fired years ago, because they make questionable after questionable plays for many many years. Yeah. So why would you not renew a coach, or why would you not fire fire the coach now that the the, the team exceeded expectation? They weren't even supposed to go to Game Seven in the first place. 
I think, uh, in my opinion, OKC on like uh, mutually parted away with Billy Donovan because OKC want to finally realize they need to go on fully rebuild, right? So the irony is, I actually think Donovan is a good development coach because right? of Shea. Because like Shea had a good season, right. but it's not just that. Lou Dort, right? Lou Dort had a pretty good I'm season. When a sudden this guy come out, like, <laughs> like he's a pretty good development coach. Which is like, if you're looking to rebuild a team, wouldn't you want to keep that? So maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't exactly know about. Or you might know. just hire Brad Brown and keep the process going. <laughs> <laughs> or, or on another team, or, or like I won't be surprised. Let's say if Bucks really fire Coach Budenholzer, yeah. they hire Billy Donovan. Makes no sense. Yeah, who knows? I don't see how Budenholzer is worse than Donovan. But you want you just want something new. You want something new, right? Yeah, you want something new, as in you want like the whole system change. You want a you want a a very and James likes to use this word. Dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> you want a dynamic coach that actually changes things. It sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Billing Donovan or Budenhoser or, or or Mike Antoni, they don't change in game. So this is where you're starting to see the outline. Like uh, a Mike Budenhoser is developing that reputation already of not being a very good playoff coach because he doesn't get farther than the conference. Like he doesn't make it all the way. Okay. Even though he has good teams, right? right. So if you're the OKC Thunder, you're trying to play the long game. You want to draft, you want to develop, and then ultimately you want to go there. I don't know if Mike Budenhoser is the best coach for that. So and and the and the bad thing about uh, Budenhoser is historically he does so well in the regular season that kind of raises the bar. Let's just say Milwaukee was the third seed, fourth seed instead of the first seed, and they they, they lose in the second round. That's fine. Exactly. But then the fact is, you know, you have a historical, historical um, uh, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, and, you know, the whole defensive team of the year came out and you have three out of the ten guys. So it sets the bar so high. So when you, when, when you almost got swept, pretty much but you got is. swept, yep. that's a big hit on the players and the ownership. Um, okay, so why don't we transition over to all defense teams? So the teams were just released. Cyrus, why don't you uh, take us there? So for the all defensive first team, we have Gobert, Giannis, Davis, Anthony Davis, Marcus Smart, and Ben Simmons. Do you have the second team there, Cyrus? Uh, the second team is actually Bam, uh, Patrick Beverly, Blesso, Kawhi, and someone really surprised us, Brooke Lopez. Okay, so guys, what are your takes there? I think uh, for the first team, Giannis, Davis, Gobert, that's a must. Uh, Marcus Smart, yeah, I like that. And Ben Simmons, uh, yes or no? I Maybe I would give that to Patrick Beverly instead. So, so I actually, oh man, so I get the attraction to some of the names. Like I don't have any qualms with the first team. Right, the first team is pretty solid, right. but it's the second team. Like, I'm not okay with three Milwaukee Bucks players being in both all defensive teams because the Bucks are ranked sixth in all defensive efficiency, and the Celtics are ranked first. So, shouldn't the Celtics have more players on the all defense team, like Jalen Brown? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it might be a system thing though. It's a system thing, but then you also have standout players who need to lock down in the same way, like. So the, the, the Clippers have two all-defensive players, 
right? They have Kawhi and Beverly on the second team. And yet they are eighth in defensive rating. So it's like, I think that what you want to do to some extent is like, it's a good system, but also you need really capable players to drive that system. Yeah, I, I think how they judge the, the team is, what if you take those guys out? Yeah. What happens to the team? Well, I would argue if you took like Smart and Brown out, like the Celtics defense would not be as good. The only conclusion I can draw from this year's um, all defensive team is it means nothing because from the look of it, I think <laughs> six out of 10 are out in the second round. Okay, I have like, one question. Should Kawhi deserve to be in the first team? I don't think he played enough games. I think it was more me. It was like when he was deciding to lock down, he was great as Kawhi can be, but he's not always like that anymore, right? And he like he's low managing. To. Okay. Because there are other players that can share the load. Yeah. Okay. And and the fact that you can't really take out Gobert, Giannis, and, and Davis. Out. Right. True. So you you can't put uh, Kawhi as a shooting guard. Yeah. So second question is Bam actually a good defender? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bam is a very flexible defender. Okay. So you know how a lot of like talking heads would be like, okay, a good defender is also someone who can defend positions one to five. That's what Bam is. So. Pretty much he is a Draymond Green, if you say that. Yeah, he's a better offensive option. Okay. Um, but I, I think, like, I think Green is a better facilitator. Yeah. On In his prime. Yeah, for sure. And but Bam's not there yet. Green is a better shooter in his prime. No, I don't mm. know. I don't know about that. Bam's got a good mid-range shot. Okay. Well, um, I, I wouldn't say a better shooter just because with the Golden State system, Green always has a f- open shot. When he actually shoots the three, it's not contested. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some controversial players receiving votes. Um, James Harden got two <laughs> votes. Uh, Luka Doncic got two, too. Best friends votes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, I think Toronto should have had a representative there. Um, who, would be, who would that Tucker. be? Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Toronto, yeah. They should have. Like, I don't know. OG? Toronto. OG Ananobi or like Marcus All, I don't know. I no, no, Marcus Or Lowry. Lowry's pretty good. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I think I think that's a pure system game. I actually agree with you. Lowry got twenty three votes. Uh, Tucker deserved to be in it. Yeah. So Tucker, Tucker. was actually uh, he had twenty nine points. Twenty nine votes. So, so he was almost there. James, do you know that um, for contract talks, do you have to be like either the defensive player of the year, the MVP, or can you be in the all defensive team and get like a bonus? You can get bonuses with all defense. Yeah. So, w- w- what do you think the implication is for uh, Bam? That's a good point. Um, he's going to be raking in. Like, he should get paid though, because he's still young. He's a developing player. He's got like a Swiss Army knife kind of skill set. Right, like he can facilitate your offense, he can play defense, and honestly, like that whole Miami Milwaukee series, Bam was not even defending Giannis that much, if at all. Like they had Jay Crowder defend Giannis. Yeah, but from from watching a few games with Bam, I think at most he's going to be a Pippin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to be like their best player, but they don't need him to be. Yeah, but would you pay him, you know, close to thirty mil? Thirty mil for how many years? For a year? For, well, I mean. He's he he's still under his rookie contract still. Let's see. So if, will we rather pay Bam or pay Westbrook? <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, let me think about that. Uh, <laughs> I'll pay Westbrook roughly maybe two two. No, 
I'll be fair. Eight to ten mil. Eight to ten mil. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll let him run the second unit, and I'll put a leash on him. Just how? Because, just because he was only paying eight to ten mil. How old do you think Bam is? How old? Yeah. Twenty-four. Yeah, he's like twenty-three. Wow, he's so still young, young man. So young. Like he's he's still got, and he's only making five mil. Ooh, wow. This year he made like three point five. So like this guy still has a very high ceiling. But the thing is, Miami Pat Riley might use him as uh, you know a bait to to trade somebody like to. They trade. have cap space though, because three mil you can't do much. Yeah. Okay. They have cap space. So if you're thinking about like down the road, maybe for Giannis, yeah. like they have cap space. They have cap space specifically so, that summer. So or Mi- that Miami can actually sign Giannis and keep Bam so and, Butler. and Butler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. My understanding is that was the idea. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so last topic before we go. Uh, quick predictions for the games tomorrow. So we have the Raptors and Boston. Uh, so it's a game six with the Celtics up 3-1, 3-2, um, So possibly the Celtics can close it out. What do you guys think? So why don't we let Cyrus start since you never watch any of the game in this series? So I picked Toronto will win tomorrow and Boston in seven. <laughs> why do you pick Toronto tomorrow? Because I think they will rebound after yes, <laughs> after yesterday's yeah. uh, being toyed by Boston Celtic. Yeah, pretty much it. So okay. who do you think is gonna step up tomorrow, or do you think that Celtics is not gonna play well tomorrow? Uh, Siakam. I think Siakam is yeah. gonna do well tomorrow. Yeah. So the the one thing I will say is what, I know. They say keep saying. Okay, so Siakam, what they're running right now is Siakam posting. Right. Siakam is posting Jalen Brown, and he's not having a lot of success. Mm, so did. I think that's an issue. So for me, I would pick the Raptors to win tomorrow, but I think it needs to be on the back of their guards. So Van Vliet and Lowry. So I, I think if Lowry and Siakam, if they don't combine for 50-plus, mm-hmm. they don't have a shot. And Norman Powell. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't have high expectations for Powell anyways. Um, but... Like the last game, Siakam had ten points. Oh. Was a minus twenty five. That's he, not cool. And he was fouled out like in in the fourth quarter. Oh, so what's what's your take on tomorrow's game? I think Boston is gonna squeak out a game. I think they're gonna win less than less than five. Okay, they're gonna win. Okay, you James? Uh, Raptors. Raptors. Yeah. Okay. Why? Uh, why? Why? Uh, Lowry. Lowry and uh, Van Vliet. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what about the Denver Clippers game? I take Denver. So the series is at two, two one. one. Yes, for you the Clippers. Watch, you watch this? Yeah, I watched the game. So you okay? What do you think Denver needs to do to to win the game? Murray need to be more consistent. So I, here's the issue. I don't think it's not that he is or isn't consistent. I think he's just facing really good defenders. I think Joe 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 Kish does all he can. He is almost to me. He's he does pretty in a perfect game. So but here here's my issue with Jokic. Like just like Harden, this is one where Jokic should be dominating because he's got Zubac on him. Like this is a matchup that they should go to him every single time. And he's been playing well, well, but not to a point where he dominates. But I don't think he will ever be a dominant player where he scores a consistent forty plus points. The issue with Murray is he's a good player. But just because of the first round, um, he didn't have a lot of good defenders on him. And now the Clippers are known for that. 
Right. They lock you down on the perimeter, right? They have so, Paul George, Kawhi, and, and Beverly. Beverly. Yeah. So that's that's tough. Exactly. You like a lot of people set the bar for Murray Hill. He scored thirty five points average for the first series. He has to consistently do that. But now you're facing another beast, right? True. So that's why James was saying now is the Batman Robin. It might be the Robin's turn to take over the game just because your interior defense is not as good. So who will be the Robin for for Denver? No, you. Jokic obviously is the Batman. One A, one one and one A, and he's doing everything he could. So, just be, but but then the fact is, the other side is getting shut down just because they're tiring you out with Beverly, Paul George, and, and Kawhi. So to to Will's point, like these playoffs, this round, like and in the first round, Murray has been the Nuggets' best player, right? So he's clearly the top dog there. But like he's saying, I totally agree. Like if you shut down your first option, you got to go with your second. And your second has to dominate that mismatch. So that means Michael Porter Jr. has to step up. I, I He played really well the last game, right? Yeah, I, I think, think because I, of the thumb? No, 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 no. He actually played well. Yeah, I think the issue with Michael Porter Jr. is obviously his rookie season. Rookie mistakes. He, he has rookie mistake, and more importantly, he get, he get pushed around. He doesn't have that muscles. He doesn't have the experience. So that's why a lot of times, like even if you watch the game, um, like offensively, they put him back. Defensively, they take him out. Just because I don't know, either he doesn't know the system or he he just get pushed around by Paul George or Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, he's he's still a baby, right? So what do you guys take on tomorrow's game? Clippers. I still think Clippers in fives. Yeah, I think five. Clippers going to go all the way. Yeah, I think it, could be a close game, as in like probably less than ten points, okay. but like Clippers. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, especially now that Paul George has his groove. And Will, you were talking about how Paul George is a bit of a front runner, right? Like he does well when they're ahead, so there's less pressure. Um, I think that's exactly what we're seeing, and I think that you know, Kawhi has had an off game in this series, so he's due for like a monster game too. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win by a lot that they start getting other players in the groove. Yeah. Okay. Just like how uh, Paul George was uh, was playing and was wasn't playing well, and 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 Doc was using him to get the flow going. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, okay, guys, we will wrap there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Stir Fry Let It Fly podcast. We will catch you guys on the next one. Thanks. See ya. See ya.